Good morning, Say What family. How are you doing? Good morning. I hope your morning is off to a great start. I hope your day is going fantastic, and I hope that your week has been incredible. I love you so much. Good morning. Uh, If this is your first time listening to the Say What podcast, my name is Hannah, and I am so grateful that you are listening today. I love you so much already. Like, seriously, I love you. And I tell everyone that. So I'm going to tell you that as well. I love you. Uh, We talk about women. We talk about sex. We talk about lots of things that people don't want to talk about. So we're going to talk about them on the podcast. So that is what the Say What podcast is about. It's always very vulnerable. It's always very honest. It's always, always, always very authentic. And you're going to hear real life from me. So I'm just a real life 25-year-old married talking about things that are hard to talk about. And here is a life update for you if you've been around for a minute. This podcast is actually coming out the day after the business retreat that I went on. And who knows how I'm going to be feeling. Like, for real. I I may be asleep for like three days. I don't know. I I didn't take the day off from work the next day, which I guess I probably should go do that. Um, But I'm going to be probably exhausted, probably energized. Who knows? So next episode, you guys will know my thoughts from the weekend. So I don't have them for you yet because I've not done it. But I will let you know. And that's really all I got for life updates. I, I will just, I'll be able to tell you when I know how I feel, how the weekend went. So, well, this episode is all about year two of marriage. This episode's coming out the de- March 8th and our anniversary is March 9th. This is, yeah. is so it tomorrow? Tomorrow. Yeah. You weren't supposed to talk yet, but it's fine. People always talk about year one or year five, but they never talk about like year two or year like eight. I don't know. So we're going to talk about year two of marriage and it's going to be real honest and vulnerable. And with that, I have my husband with me. Now you're supposed to say, hey. What's up? I could also cut myself out of that part, which would just be real weird because then you would say, you're not supposed to talk yet. And people (laughs) think you're going crazy. Well, we're not going to do that. (laughs) Thomas loves being on the podcast. He begs me every single day and I have to tell him, and this is not his podcast. This is mine. The numbers don't lie. That's all I'm saying. Whatever. Anyways, thanks for being with me to talk about year two of marriage. Thanks for having me. only felt appropriate. I can't really talk about year two without you, so. I mean, you could, but it would be a very one-sided look at the the whole thing. People couldn't really understand the full full picture without it. So since Thomas is with me, I decided to let him choose the word of the week this week for our segment, (laughs) Word of the Week. Heck yeah. So Thomas, what is the word of the week? So the word of the week this week is resilient. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good word. Um, so we're talking about our second year of marriage and what that looks like, which is basically in the past at this point. And we will dive into it here in a, in a couple minutes. But the reason that I chose resilient is because I, I think it kind of defines our second year of marriage pretty well. Mm, yeah, uh, it was absolutely. a season, of, and, and you know, not necessarily that anything like crazy uh, or real bad happened or anything, but it was just it, it was tough. We ran into some some new things that we had just never experienced, each individually in different areas and as a couple. But now we are here on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would define our relationship as resilient for many reasons that we'll dive into. And I think something that's cool for uh, about this word and the reason that I like this word for, for my own personal reasons, I'm also like trying to figure out what it looks like to 
solve problems by being tested and going through them. Mm. And I, I like this word for people because, you know, you could look at it however you wanted to. Your, your day could have been hard. Your week could have been hard for, I know for a lot of us, our 2020 was hard. Mm-hmm. And there were, unfortunately, there were people that did not uh, make it through 2020. And mm-hmm. that is a real thing. But uh, for those of us that did, we t- to get here to be able to do this, you had to exhibit some sort of resilience in your life in 2020. And I just wanted to point that out and, and say that that's awesome for you, for mm-hmm. your family, whatever that looks like. And I would just use that as a reminder going into anything that that you face in the future. I know sometimes for me, like I run into things and some of them would could be considered bigger than things I'd ran into in the past, but some of them aren't. And I think we spend a lot of time just forgetting about the things that we've gone through in the past mm-hmm. and, and not using them as the proof of, well, I've been through this before. I can do this next thing. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy. That doesn't mean that there's going to be times where maybe you don't want to do something or you want to quit something, but you have been tested and tried and have survived and you can do it again. Absolutely. Ooh, that's a good one. Okay. I'm going to be resilient Listen, this week. I, I just, I'm just trying to crush word of the week. That's all. <laughs> that was a lot of pressure. People love word of the week. So yeah, yeah. you crushed it. I think I did a good job. I think you did too. I like you a lot. He just nodded at me. Wow. <laughs> I wish people could see see our setup right now. Like your setup, how you normally do the mm-hmm. podcast, which you posted pictures of. And I just have this like really low rider chair that usually sits <laughs> in our living room. That's just a cushiony chair, just like yep. chilling. Like I'm, I could just be sitting here playing on my phone. Mm-hmm. That's how comfy I am. Right. It's well, awesome. I'm looking down on you. So. <laughs> yeah. And we're kind of looking at the same thing. So we it works are. out. Okay. Let's do it. Year two, overall. We have a couple different things we're going to talk about with year two, but overall, what do you think? How was it? So How was year two overall? So there was, uh, first I want to point out one unmet expectation for year two that was clearly defined before year two. Go ahead. And it was that there would be more belly rubs. <laughs> You are outing yourself here. You are telling the world what you love. And that is freaking belly rubs. You love what rubs your belly. I am not ashamed of this. You should be. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, And I requested simply that there be more in year two than year one. And I don't, I think it was pretty even. Listen, I, I don't really, I don't have anything to say actually. For the first time in my life. I just can't believe you're outing yourself to the world that you oh, wanted belly rubs. Anyways, <laughs> we're not weird at all. We're just your normal married people who don't who just do normal things. It's fine. I'm sorry that there were no more belly rubs. It's okay. We changed it to back rubs for year three. Okay. So. I will figure out how to give you some more back rubs. Perfect. Great. Take a class or something. I will. Okay. Real. I guess that was real life. What was your overall thought of year two? Um... I mean, I, I, I loved year two. I don't know how much you want me to say because some of it is in the, the <laughs> stuff we're going to talk about next. But I mean, it's another year that we got to to do life together. And like I like know. I said earlier, it was it, it had good parts and not good parts, and mm-hmm. and here we are. 
here we are. I thought I think it's interesting because you get a lot of advice when you get married about year one. Right. Year one, everyone's like, this is what you should do. This is what you definitely should not do. Even though their advice usually isn't great. They're still like, this is what you shouldn't do. Right. And this is how you do it. But people aren't ever like, but when you get to year two, do this. And so we kind of went into year two just off of year one, like learning more how to like be together, basically, if that makes sense. Like, uh, I think the be together thing is is a big part of it because, mm-hmm. uh, you know what, that is a good thing to talk about. So our first year that we were married, there was a lot of um, change that we were anticipating. There were things we were excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we kind of knew what we thought it was going to look like in. I mean, relatively, as far as like, you know, different goals and things we wanted to experience, those things kind of happened. And then we got into year two and, you know, there were things that, one, definitely did not go the way we were expecting. Right. Then there was also a pandemic. Right. And then it was kind of like a a routine almost of, well, I mean, Mm -hmm. now we just, we come home and we choose what we're going to eat for dinner and we do the laundry and (laughs) we watch the TV shows and we take the dog for a walk and we go to bed. bed. (laughs) Yep. So Um, we, we very much learned how to like be together and how to spend time together doing what each of us really wants to do. Right. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And learn like, because I mean the first year we're just trying to figure out how to do it. And this year we're really like, combing out the mess of it like really trying to figure out like and and I'm honestly thinking of like just day-to-day tasks like not big picture stuff like okay I hate doing the floors cleaning and year one oh I'm gonna talk about some of that yeah for sure no no no, not in a bad way just like the mentality (laughs) around year one like I tried really hard just to be a good wife and keep the house clean then year two I was like I hate this I cannot keep our (laughs) floors clean and so we figured out a new way to like work that out and took the pressure off of that and figured it out the dog started shedding in year two as well which was so that was hard yeah but I just like we we figured out more how to how to be married more in year two I, I, that, I don't know if that makes sense. No, but I, it, we com- just... it completely makes sense to me. I, I 100% understand what you're saying. Well, thanks. Thanks. Well, we should get into the topics that we have. So we're going to talk about what we loved, what was hard, and what we learned. So start off with what we loved. I'm going to start because I kind of stole Thomas's. Yeah. But I, I really do think think I agree with this. That's why I'm saying it. I really loved that we both started businesses and really supported each other's dreams this year. Like we both went out on a limb and tried to do the thing that we think we're supposed to do. And like, we're really there for each other in it. Like you started going to school this year. You oh, wow. I, I forgot about that. Yeah. You started school. <laughs> like you, yes, and that was something that school. I was like, you know what, if you feel called to do this, let's do it. Let's figure it out. We're going to do it. And yes. there was a lot of nights yes. where you were doing school all the time and a lot of days where you uh, just yeah, did school. There, there was all nights and day. weekends that were just just school. Yeah, and we figured out how to make that work. There were definitely times where I was bitter about it, but for the most part, it was it was good, and we supported it. And then I started this podcast, and I can't edit anything, so this podcast <laughs> would not be here without your support and your also emotional support about it as well. It was huge, um, but yeah, we 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 did that. I loved that about this year. I loved that we I feel like are closer. Than we've ever been before this year we shared things that were had we had never shared with anybody or even right. with each other right. before and yeah. got to know each other in that kind of level and 
we both started going to therapy. Mm-hmm. Or I, I think I, start, I started we, in our first year. Yeah, we, you, both, we both started in the first year. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, still, continued therapy yeah, no, and through no, that, no, like... I, yeah. Therapy really helped our marriage. We didn't go together, but going well, separate. And I had a big break because I don't think uh, when when all the COVID stuff started, uh, my therapist switched everything to online, which is what most people did. And my thought was, this isn't going to be for a long time. Like, mm-hmm. so I just I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm not going to do it online. Like, I'll wait till mm-hmm. the person thing comes back. And that was. A little longer than I thought it was right. going to be. But so I guess that's what I'm thinking. You yeah. didn't start in year one, but you started back. I mean, year two, but you started back in year two. Yes, so. I did. And I did wait until it was back in person again, mm-hmm. um, which was probably sometime during the summer, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I think I've, I've gone, I went almost from like June on almost every week in, or at least every other week in 2020. So yeah. that was huge. I love that Therapy's great. I, I think for me, therapy is a thing like, there's a there's a pride thing for me that's part of it that mm-hmm. like I just I I didn't want to go and then it turned and but now it's a you know the uh well, we, we talk about truth on here the the devil just kind of whispers lies into my ear about mm-hmm. like if you go to therapy you're gonna just, just have these intrusive thoughts again about this stuff it's gonna come back up you should just not say anything to anybody and I'm like no that's that's not how I'm gonna handle this right. I'm the gonna, devil loves for us to be in isolation so yeah so I, be I, there. I am gonna continue to do therapy even if it is for simply that reason to show the devil that he's wrong right absolutely (laughs) so uh yeah i think for me or is that everything you wanted to share for what you love so oh wait one more okay go ahead ahead. i loved loved that year two was the year that i decided that i wasn't gonna have painful sex anymore and i just decided that that was not gonna be the thing for me and for you that we were gonna actually get to enjoy sex and have a really good sex life and so i did it and i went to therapy and overcame it and now it's awesome i don't know if you think it's awesome but i think it's awesome um yes (laughs) uh I uh, I quite enjoy how things are going. Great. We'll leave it. At, <laughs> we'll leave it there. We'll leave it at that since yes. I am not the host of this podcast. Great. <laughs> um, yeah, and that was obviously a huge thing for us. I think, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, it's kind of hard for me. So I, I'm looking at this almost from a 2020 thing. It's it's all it almost syncs up. It's a two month difference, right? But. Um, Something, some of, one of the things that I loved about year two of being married, it kind of goes along the lines of what you were saying. Like we started doing some stuff that was, you know, separate from what we had originally thought our lives would be. And mm-hmm. I think that's something and, and that I think is cool is that we, through some work and some co- a lot of conversations, were able to pivot just what we were doing. Right. Um. I I think the the all the hope that we had put in one thing it, that was going on during our second year of marriage with the church that we were involved with, mm-hmm. uh, when that changed, that could have very easily just destroyed the way we viewed the world. Right, and it wasn't easy by any stretch of the imagination, but we were able to sit down, reevaluate, spend time with God, spend time with each other, and decide. Well, here's what our life we here's what we kind of feel like we stand for. Here's what mm-hmm. we believe, and what does that look like? Right. And for you, it was starting this podcast. For mm-hmm. me, it was one going back to school, and then later, kind of revamping my own business. Yeah. Um, and, and about the support thing too that you were talking about for each other. I mean, I we we restarted my company in August, 
and it didn't make a single dollar until February. Right. So was that six months <laughs> that, <Yeah. laughs> that we were spending money for my company and it, it returned zero dollars. Right. Uh, so that was a huge, that was a huge thing too. We could have very easily just gotten jobs and not spent the money and, and whatnot. But I, I think that was a big thing is that we were able to just pivot our whole lives in a different direction mm-hmm. and, you know, be there for each other while it was going on that doesn't it wasn't always easy it's kind of sometimes it was kind of like why are we doing any of this right um right. but we we were there for each other we started doing we started doing weekly date nights mm-hmm. the second year of marriage too instead of just kind of like when we thought about it right and i i want to talk more about it in a second but that was a huge thing when we were when we were consistently doing that right absolutely Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's what I loved. I mean, we spent a lot more time together. We did. We we were working in the same office at home, and now we both work in the same office <laughs> in an office building. And I love it. Yeah, it's it's great. I love going to work and being in the same place as you. I don't like when you're not at the office. I don't just... like when you're not at the office. <laughs> you don't work on Fridays, and sometimes I have to. Right. So, uh, okay. yeah, but it's fun. I love all of that, and I love you. I love you, too. Thanks. <laughs> thank, thank you for saying that, as Matt James would say when someone says that when a girl tells him he loves him. Thank you for saying that. That was a Bachelor reference. Well, he has to. And, we, will you accept this, Rose? Always. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Uh, what was hard? So I'm going to start. Uh, well, how, how come you get to start every time? Because this is my podcast. Uh, that's true. Anxiety ran rampant through our marriage in year two. Like my anxiety was really, really bad. Thomas struggled with anxiety really bad. Hope it's okay. I'm sharing that about yep. you, but anxiety really did like ran rampant through our marriage. And there were times that I'm like, I, I cannot handle this anxiety that's going through both of us. And the intrusive thoughts were super intense. Uh, and it was mostly like I had them about him and he had them about me and they just weren't, they were not good. Mm-hmm. They, they really weren't. And so it was a really, really hard year with anxiety um, because we were also learning how to help each other through it. I've dealt with anxiety for a long time. This this is Thomas's first time ever experiencing like the physical parts of anxiety. Would you yeah, say? Yeah, definitely the physical parts. Um, and and definitely in the fashion of like not being able to pinpoint what's going on. Obviously, yeah. I've been in moments in the past for various different reasons that I felt anxious about them. But then when those events were would happen, whether it was or whatever they were, they after the event I'd be like, Oh yeah, well that was silly. Yeah. And I was fine, <laughs> but now but this was this was a lot different. Right. Yeah. Because anxiety, there doesn't have to be a reason why. Like a one situation thing happens. Sometimes it just happens and then your mind is like, well, Why am I feeling this way? I don't know why I'm feeling this way, and then it just spirals. And that was a lot of what our marriage was in year two was both of us going through anxiety and trying to like navigate that together. And that was really freaking hard. Like it it really was. And also it was like a, a, what's the saying called a broken horse, a dead horse. If I repeat the same thing over and over broken record, broke guys beating a dead horse, being a dead horse. I combined combine sayings all the time. Yeah. And it's just not, it's, it's not good. Okay. I saw your work on record when I say this, but I was diagnosed with vaginismus in year two. And that was extremely hard emotionally because I like had to go to therapy and had other people doing therapy on me every week. That wasn't my husband's hands inside of me. And that was just 
really freaking hard. Um, trying to navigate all of that and still like be intimate with each other without being able to have sex. And then we try to have sex and I'd to be close and like to experience that. And then I would have to stop and then I would just cry my eyes out because I'm stopping and no one wants to stop when you're having sex. And so it was just like, it was really hard. It was really hard emotionally and financially because we were just putting money out and we didn't really have a plan for it. We just kind of paid for it, hoping it would work out because like, Oh, money's just money. That's, that's <laughs> something that I learned in year two. Mm. It's just money. Yeah. It, what's the point of making it if you're not going to spend it on the things you need? Right. No, you're right. It's a great point. And so it was just like, that was really hard. And, and anxiety also came with that. Like I was anxious that Thomas wouldn't want to be with me. I was anxious that Thomas would try and find it somewhere else. And because I couldn't have sex. And so year two was really hard in the way of like overcoming those thoughts and also trusting Thomas again was, was a lot of year two. Um, this is kind of going with what I learned, but I had to learn to like trust him and trust that he loves me regardless and is not going to leave me. And, um, I had to really figure that out because the intrusive thoughts about that were really loud when I was going through the deep depths of vaginismus and trying to overcome that was, it was just really hard. And I had to like trust that what Thomas says is what he means and the, and believe it through his actions and trusting is really hard, especially when you've gone through hurt because year one was a lot of hurt because of porn. And yeah. we've talked about that on this podcast before. And so if you want to hear about that, I'll link it in the episode notes. But we've talked about our, our struggles with porn. And so year two was the year that I had to trust him, that he had really overcome his porn addiction and that he had was not that same person anymore and that really wanted to be with me. And thank God we had overcome the porn addiction when I was diagnosed with vaginismus because I don't know how I could deal with both of those at the same time. Mm. And so... Yeah. But but those thoughts were still there. I was still very much in the healing phase of of trying to heal from all of the porn hurt. And so that was really hard. <laughs> and just learning to trust my husband again um, and trust what he says is real. And even if he's not giving me any reason not to trust him, I still would not. And so I just had to, like, really figure out how to trust him. And so that was that was really hard. And we were spending a lot of time together. And sometimes I'd get annoyed by that, <laughs> even though I am very yeah. much a people person. And so I had to figure out how to like spend time with my husband and it be happy and okay. Like, I mean, we definitely had our boundaries and would spend time apart when we needed it. But like, I also had to learn to like, or I also, what was hard was not having an attitude. Like I would get an attitude a lot because I'm like just with someone all the time and wasn't putting up boundaries for myself. And so that was, that was also hard, yeah. but it's okay. I was grateful to do it with you and made it through and all that. Now I just want to spend time together all the time. That was all of mine. What was hard for you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. Um, and, and one thing too, that I want to, I want to speak to, to that. Uh, I'm not really going to be talking about porn and my stuff moving forward on here today, but um, for anybody that's listening, if you, if that's been something that's been a part of your relationship and you need somebody for uh, um, the male part of your relationship mm -hmm. to talk to or are interested in it, they can feel free to hit me up on social media or hit Hannah up and connect us. Mm -hmm. uh, would love to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's not an easy 
thing for anybody involved. And if we can be allies in, in that for you, mm-hmm. we would love to do that. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that was just a little quick aside for me. What was hard? Um, so I know I said that being able to pivot and all that was pro- was was really cool, and I loved that. But there was, j- f- for some reason, towards towards the latter part of last year, I just still kind of felt like I lost sight of my purpose in a lot of different areas. Um, the the like I did start school, but it was just it was very tedious to mm-hmm. start school and to go back again and, and do some of the learning and the business stuff, like I said, wasn't turning any profit at all or not even any profit was not bringing in any money. Right. Um, and I don't know, just I, with the, with the church that we were a part of closing and things just not a, a few other things, just not going the way I thought they were going to go. Um, it kind of just started me in this downward spiral. Mm. And I think that that's when all the intrusive thoughts that I've been struggling with started. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when the anxiety started. And, you know, for, a, for so long, so long, I just, I had no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was I felt like I was fortunate to just get in the bed at the end of the day and be able to go to sleep Mm, Um, because I just, I'd made it through the day, no matter how good or bad the day was. Right. Um, It, it was rough and I I know it took a toll on me. It took a toll on our family Mm -hmm. and I just, uh, that, that was hard. And I feel like right now is even when I've just begun to be on the cusp of understanding what I'm going through fully. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still some answers that like we don't really even know right now as far right. as just, you know, some more scientific reasons. So we, <laughs> yeah. we can talk about that or you can talk about that at a different point in time. Um, but that was really hard to just wake up in the morning and feel anxiety about something that I couldn't even figure out what it was or just be anxious about, am I going to experience a panic attack? Am I going to have an intrusive thought that just rocks my world for some reason? Mm -hmm. Um, it it was tough that I think that was the biggest, one of the biggest things that was, was hard for me in year two. Yeah. And, and I, and I agree, I think being together, um, all the time. And, and we'll talk, this kind of transitions into to what we learned, but, uh, well, you can go first with that. <laughs> well, cool. That's what we'll do. Um, so yeah, so that's what was hard for me. And, and it was also hard for me, the, you know, what does it look like to just go hang out with the boys? What does it mm-hmm. look like to, um, I like, I like to play golf. What does it look like to just head off to the golf course for six hours yep. on a Friday? And like the phone is, the phone is in the bag or in the, like, I'm not Mm -hmm. using it for six hours. What does that look like? Right. Um, that was things like there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It needs to be approached correctly. Like I don't just need to schedule it or not tell you you can't (laughs) talk to me for six hours. That's different. Um, so yeah, I think that was, that was another thing that was hard to try to figure out of what it looks like. And, um, so, so yeah, I'll go first for what we learned because I think that's the, 
that's one of the things that I want to talk about. Um, so in year two, we both we both learned the same thing, and or one of, one of the things we learned is the same, and it is to always assume the other person is trying to do what is right, or yes. is at least the reason they are doing something or not doing something is for a negative reason. Right. The, just always assume the best intentions. Yes. Yeah. Um, that was hard. <laughs> well, and, and I think for me, and we talked about this on our, uh, we, we had date night last night, which doesn't work out timeline wise when fine. you're listening to this. <laughs> it's kind of like time travel, but it's okay. Right. Um, that's why the date nights are so important for me because it kind of, reminds me that we're a couple and mm-hmm. that we're dating each other. Uh, what I wrote on here, which I think is very clever. Um, and I told you last night is this like when we don't have the date nights, sometimes I just feel like we're roommates. Yeah. And when I feel like we're roommates, there's roommates have chores, roommates have responsibilities, mm-hmm. roommates have things they have to take care of. And while those things are true for living life in a space that you share with somebody, which mm-hmm. we are doing, that's, those things are not the important things. Right. And I feel like when we aren't doing our date nights or spending intentional time together that, you know, isn't sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that it kind of realigns me to, to know that, oh, this is, my wife that is sitting across from me. This is the person that I love that I've promised to love no matter what. Right. And we have fun together. We we have fun together. And that I like, Oh yeah, this, this is why I decided to do this. Right. (laughs) Like this is the reason. Yeah. And that realigns us as teammates Mm. instead of just roommates. Right. And the clever thing that I'm gonna re- that I'm gonna read. Okay, go ahead. You can <laughs> read it because I'm learning. I'm learning to be a pastor, so I've got to be uh-huh. good at this or whatever. A coach, whatever. Um, roommate mentality focuses you on yourself, mm-hmm. while teammate mentality focuses you on the other person. Ooh, that's good. Because what was starting really to happen good. is is we were doing date night every week unless just something was hap- crazy yeah. happened. Until maybe like right before the holidays, because mm-hmm. people started coming into town and we were yeah. traveling, so it just didn't wasn't working. And right. when we got back, we just didn't pick it back up in yeah. January. Yeah, and we went, so we went maybe three, almost four months without right. a for sure date night. Yeah, and it was a long time. It kind of got in my head a little bit. Like I'd come home and some like <laughs> the sink would be full or the. Um, counter would be full of stuff and it's like what the heck or the laundry's not done like mm-hmm. what the heck is going on here yeah like i'm been at work all day pulling my weight like mm-hmm. what's happening and i well, know this, i've been at work at home pulling my weight no well and but... i know the same thing is true right like i have my things i i just like leave things wherever i decide to take yes. them off yes. or wherever yes. i'm using them yes absolutely. So, so i'm sure a similar <laughs> thing happens where it's like yeah, you come home from the from the office or you're finished cleaning the kitchen and go into the bedroom and there's just shoes or clothes. And yeah, there's things that we can both work on in that and expectations for each other and, and conversations to be had. But having that date night is is what I learned is just so important because it just it just realigns the the why for me of why why we're doing what we're doing. Absolutely. And, and not even just for our marriage, but like 
you're talking about the things that you're excited about that's going on. And that is also part of the why of why we're together is, is so that right. I can help you do the things you want to do. And I can help and you, you can do help me do the things I want to do. And if we're not talking about those things, then we kind of forget what the point is. Right. Right. And that's not good. We need to remember like what we're doing. And that's why date nights are so important. And if you don't have weekly date nights, at least implement biweekly or monthly date nights because it's just so important to take that time to connect and like everything Thomas said, remind yourself like why you're together and how you can support each other during that time. Yeah. That was really good. So I learned in year two, besides the always assume the other person is trying to do what is right, which Thomas took that from me, so I guess it's fine. Um, I I learned to be more compassionate and more vulnerable um, in year two. And I say compassionate uh, because I, in general, am a very compassionate person. And I am compassionate and I have empathy and for all all people around me, but... With Thomas, I just, he's an incredible person and I just would set like unrealistic expectations from him. And so when all the anxiety stuff hit, I, in my head would say like, you're better than this. Come on, let's do this. Let's like get, let's push through all this stuff. And I just was leaving out the compassion. And if I wasn't saying it out loud, I was at least saying it in my head. And that's not, that's not who I am. And so a lot of year two was learning how to be more compassionate for him and to see him as someone who was hurting in that moment or not all the time, but just in that moment and can see past that and to lower the expectations that I had just set on him in my head. Um, I spent a lot of time talking to my small group girls about that and therapy, just like trying to be just more compassionate and coming from a place of love. Cause as an Enneagram too, when we're really unhealthy, we can really take it out on the people that like are closest to us. And so in my really unhealthy, toxic times, I would take it out on Thomas and just set these expectations on him and expect him to do this. And that's just, that's, that's not real reality. And I shouldn't do that anyway. He doesn't have any deserve for me to put unrealistic, unrealistic expectations on him. And so I had to learn to be a lot more compassionate. And so I learned that a lot in year two. And I also just continued to learn to be more vulnerable, like, to really communicate how I'm feeling, to really communicate uh, the way that he had done something made me feel and to really take time to think about that stuff instead of just brushing it off and letting it go. Because that was a lot of year one. I would just kind of like brush off the stuff that happened or with the porn stuff, I'd just be like, okay, it's fine. You'll do better or whatever. Like I didn't actually take the time to feel it and to express how it made me feel. And so a lot of year two was spent just being a lot more vulnerable and learning how to be more vulnerable because it's still really hard to do. It's still really hard to do with your husband or with your wife, your partner, whatever. Like it's just, it's really hard to do that. And so year two was learning to be more vulnerable and trusting. I, like I said, anxiety ran rampant through our marriage in year two. And so I had to really learn how to trust my husband and just believe that. And that was, that was really hard. That was really hard, but I I feel like I'm learning how to do it and still learning how to do it. And, um, we've overcome a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're still, you know, overcoming the anxiety stuff, but I feel like we have a better grasp now on how to handle it. And I really learned how to do that in year two. Like, cause I feel like a lot of our marriage was me 
being anxious all the time and ha- going through crap. And then it kind of swapped in year two. And yeah, so I feel the exact same way. I had to learn how to take care of him and how to learn how to love him the way that he needs to be loved with his anxiety, not the way that I need it because everyone is different. And so I just really had to learn how to serve him the best way and how to trust that like the intrusive thoughts are just are not him. That's not real. That's the intrusive thoughts. And so a lot of trusting and vulnerability and compassion came from year two for me. So. Yeah, and I've got one more thing that I can add too, if that's okay. Of course. Um, I think the the other thing that I learned was, so a lot of people, a lot of stuff with different, different marriage people will talk about the idea of serving your spouse. Mm. And the thing that I've always found interesting is they're like, you should... Uh, both of you should always just be doing whatever you can to serve each other. And I'm not saying that that sentence necessarily isn't true, Mm -hmm. but I still think that thought process creates an expectation where, well, yeah, I'll serve you as long as you serve me. Mm, But if you stop serving me, I'm going to stop serving you. Absolutely. And I don't think that's necessarily what those people mean by any means. But that's how it feels though. But it can, depending on your thought process around things, like, yeah, oh, yeah, if you're doing what I think you should do, then, mm-hmm. of course, I'll do what what I think y- I should do for you. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. still a little yeah. iffy. And I think that was the thing. Another thing that I learned this year is that, like, serving someone is only serving them if you don't expect them to do anything. Mm, yeah. Anything. Yeah. And that's why the date night thing was important to me because what would happen, like, I can do the dishes. That's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And if we're in a season where you're exhausted because you're trying to get your business off the ground and running and I need to do some things that maybe I don't usually do, mm-hmm. then like that, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. And picking that up and just doing that because you know it's something that needs to be done is different than what I would find myself sometimes is. So I don't know if this has anything to do with with my Enneagram, but my tendency is, well, I just, I want this to be a certain way. So I'm just going to start doing it. Mm-hmm. Like I want the dishes to be clean. So I'm just going to start clean or a certain way or whatever. So I'm just going to start doing this. Mm-hmm. I want the laundry to not sit in the dryer. Go- like it always does. So I'm going to do it. And <laughs> yeah, I think the, the thought process behind that was, was flawed for me for a long time because I was like, well, yeah, I, I'm serving you. Why aren't you serving me? Mm-hmm. And that's that's literally the opposite of serving. Right. Um, and and I, I think that that gets missed a lot. And that's something that mm. I learned is that I, I can I can do things. I can do whatever needs to be done. Yeah. And you you just have to be okay with that as a couple. Like that's what you signed up for. And for both people involved, serve like a, a relationship where people serve each other is is still doing it, not expecting anything. Mm-hmm. If you're serving someone as contingent on them serving you back, then you're not serving them. Right. You're and what sucks about that is eventually that math problem is going to run out of steam because you can't give in. You can't pour into somebody else the same amount that they can pour back into you, and eventually you're going to run out of stuff to pour. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So if you're not really doing if if you're doing it to serve yourself, then it's not going to work out, and mm. uh, or you're you're going to burn out. Yeah, 
And and that's one of the things that I learned in year two. And that that doesn't mean that you don't sit down and talk to your spouse at day nights like we've suggested and we do about what you would like to see or want to do. But I, I think for me, it kind of looks like this where I, I'm like, hey, babe, uh, I really think it would be cool if we could like, I really want to see this happen mm-hmm. and it's not happening right now. And that's OK. I would like to see it happen. Here's why. But I'm good with it not happening until it works out for where we're at. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. so that's kind of my thing is, yes, talk about what you want to see, but know that it's okay to, to not get that immediately. Right. You're, you're teammates. You're working for each other. You have to do what is best for the whole yeah. every single time. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. You're so gifted and talented. That's how people like to have you on the podcast. You're so wise. <laughs> you bring so much wisdom and discernment into these conversations. Well, that's why you probably didn't have me on while my beard was shaved. I'm smarter with the beard. Mm, that I don't think that works out that way. Oh. So, and anyways, that's how year two was 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 for us friends. I loved year two, and I cannot believe we are stepping into our third year of marriage with more back rubs. With more, <laughs> oh my gosh, and a baby. That, so that's one thing we didn't talk about. We didn't talk about what we wanted for year three on here. Were we supposed to do that? No, but I mean, I'm not pregnant, guys. That was not a pregnancy announcement, but maybe I would like to have a baby our third year. That'd be cool. We've, we've or at least get pregnant our third we've year. We already talked about a year four goal, which is kind of interesting. We're not going to talk about that on here. Okay. Um, but yeah, we haven't talked about any year three goals. Well, me and you talk about that and then we'll, we'll relay it to the podcast later. Yeah. So a baby, <laughs> a baby might be in the mix or trying for a baby might be in the mix. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, thank you for being on. You're the best. Now let's go eat some pizza. Cause yes. I'm hungry. What I love about pizza is you cook the pizza. Yep. Yep, that's how that works. Are so you warm the pizza up? I warm the pizza <laughs> up and drink some wine while doing it. And it's a great combination. So Oh no. So here's the good thing about being the producer is I just made a really weird noise and you guys are never going to hear it. I think I should hear it. Nope. They get to hear all my weird noises. Uh -uh, I I go through and cut some of the silly things out. Thank you. Okay. Let's go eat. Love you family. Thanks. Say what fam for listening today and we will talk soon.